About what? Exactly. Thank you very much for joining us once again. This is About What, and my name is Ty. I am uh, one of the hosts here. I'm also with my co-host, Justin. Thank you for joining us, Justin. That would be me. Well, joining us in your house. It's a little unusual for me to welcome you to your house. A little presumptuous, I'd say. Yeah, but that's fine, because this is our recording studio. That's pretty much... Mm -hmm the only thing this room is used for anymore, even though I have a sound system in here, mm -hmm. a lot of music, a lot of books. This room has taken shape. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot cleaner than it was the first couple times we, yeah. I mean, I'm not sitting on cardboard boxes and uh, it was certainly a catch all. Yeah. But, uh, we got it cleaned a little bit enough that we can at least move around in here with some excellent, uh, upgraded, uh, recording, software what is it and that's not soft, hardware hardware yes hardware. it would be hardware yeah which we've been quite happy with mm -hmm. yeah exactly thank you to our live studio audience yes that is stored inside a little box yes yeah. it makes it nice and also we would have to say um today's thanksgiving yep also so. known as the annual genocide of whitewash Something like that. The genocide whitewash. Yeah, the white the white man genocide. No, the yeah, whitewashing of America, manifest destiny. Um, our indigenous uh, friends were kicked off their land by our ancestors. I assume that's because we didn't like the fish they were serving us. Well, it was cod. Is that what it was? Was cod? Because I thought yeah. it was multiple. Probably kinds multiple. Of fish. I mean, mostly cod in boston bay i don't think there was any turkey involved in the first thanksgiving no probably wasn't wild turkey would have been later on wild turkey like the whiskey well that would have been much later on and not that much later that on. ended up causing more problems for our indigenous friends than... <laughs> yeah I, 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 <laughs> yeah once we started trading uh whiskey for blankets and yeah headdresses and things yeah, like that smallpox laden blankets so. yeah that was kind of an asshole thing there. Yeah. This is a little bit of a callback to a, a previous episode about Alcatraz and the uh, the Indian occupation of Alcatraz. Um, because this is where we, we talked about that before, is that um, the Native American cultures uh, started to hold this kind of anti-Thanksgiving, where they regret their ancestors allowing these uh, Puritans to settle in uh on this continent well when i you know and when i say whitewash i'm not necessarily joking either because it's amazing the capacity we have in this country to whitewash all of history oh yeah even recent history funny enough but mm -hmm. you know talking to a lot of people you would think this country was started in the year 1776 and yeah I mean, this land was founded mm -hmm. in 1776. Yeah. Obviously, that's when the country was started, but yeah. that's when everything started. You know, mm -hmm. Jesus, the Bible, the country, everything, and mm -hmm. anything that happened before that was either yeah. null or did not need to happen, which is the reason we mm -hmm. 
But jumping back about 150 years prior is when these uh, British Puritans Mm -hmm. settled in uh, Massachusetts, just off of Cape Cod. Plymouth Rock. Our relatives. Yeah, our our relative. Our our ancestors uh, met Squanto and um, the indigenous peoples there that helped give them enough food to survive the dang winter. And so that's kind of what the whole Thanksgiving was about. So we killed them all. Yeah, thanks. And <laughs> drove them off of their lands. And mm-hmm. it, it it's just amazing how we are able to forget certain things and how history gets rewritten all the time. Yeah, because, I mean, we can look at it that way, but that's only if you start counting time at 1620, right? Yeah. If we go prior to 1620, Squanti- Squanto's ancestors had to kick somebody else off the land too, right? When they got here. Well, I'm sure they did. Uh, you know, but sometimes when you go back to those, those dates and times is that was the way you did things. You conquered yeah. lands. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at the British empire, or the Roman empire, or things like that, that that's what it was about, right? It was yeah. acquiring lands and wealth. Mm-hmm. I, but it, it's funny because we're, you know, you're probably talking thousands and thousands of years before that. Mm-hmm. We still have the history right in front of us but we still seem to look over that <laughs> we really do don't we you know it's just like thanksgiving you, you know what i think about thanksgiving i think it's yeah. probably the most piss poor holiday there is it's be- it's become a very weird holiday i don't have a problem with giving thanks but i also <laughs> you know i i put it akin to uh valentine's day mm-hmm. where you know, that's not the only day I tell my wife I love her. In fact, it's probably the one day I don't just out of spite, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for the for the day. You know, yeah. I, I don't like the commercial mm-hmm. holidayness of it. Justin, you were the sort of kid, though, that um, your favorite cereal would have been, you know, Cheerios. And your mom would say, now, make sure you finish your Cheerios. And you're like, well, now I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> well, to a certain extent, yes. Mm-hmm. But I, I try to look at things logically as well. You know, I mean, yeah. the people that think Thanksgiving has been around as it exists now for yeah. hundreds of years, which mm-hmm. is just simply untrue. Yeah. You, you know, the, the what we look at now is Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and the traditions we see with the turkey and the mashed yeah, potatoes. The, and the, the Norman sets. Rockwell Thanksgiving. Yeah. Will. yeah. I mean, it, it's not even 100 years old. No, I mean, this goes back to like probably just post-world war ii yeah when the economy started going good and the middle class emerged yes exactly but Mm -hmm. we look at it you know i think a lot of the traditions nowadays started then but i really think the 80s Mm -hmm. brought them on as commercial oh yeah you know commercial holidays well yeah and a good point being like turkey i mean they call it turkey day well it wasn't always turkey day (laughs) <laughs> um, ter- turkey kind of became the symbol back in the 50s but even post 50s they would serve different kinds of meats you know you, you find people that would have a roast they would do uh, like roast beef or they do like a, a chicken they or would, a ham or ham yeah yeah plenty of different foods but it seems like for the most part you know obviously turkey mm-hmm. it's turkey day yeah. and it seems like for some reason ham is more associated with a christmas meal yeah, Christmas and also Easter, I find. Yeah, which which is very strange. That's the, the middle finger to Jesus' it, people, isn't it? It yeah. kind of is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, I, I don't know. It's just strange that we associate these foods, you know, where mm-hmm. if you really want to go to the actual meaning of Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you know, giving 
thanks, right, yeah. for everything you're thankful for. Does it really matter what you eat for Thanksgiving? Exactly, because, I mean, if you're truly thankful, then it doesn't matter if it's a McDouble from, you know, the Mickey D's down the street or if it's, you know, a bowl of uh, shredded wheat or, you know, some crackers and ketchup like uh, Tom Hanks ate in The Terminal. I haven't seen that one. That's one of Tom I, Hanks' movies. Yeah. That I think I started watching the first of it, and I didn't really like it. I don't think you would like it. It's not a great movie. Um, th- what's great about it is that it's based on a true story. In fact, the guy um, that that was based on, he lived in like this uh, airport in France, and uh, that's where it took place. But I, I learned that he recently died, I think. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I really like Tom Hanks, but I don't like the French. So mm-hmm. seems like a pretty good plan for me yeah, not watching. And this the one he's I think he's supposed to be in the the JFK airport in the terminal. So it's it's kind of weird because we can't just take a, a story that happened in France and leave it in France. We have to invent a a completely fake country and make Tom Hanks play this Eastern European sounding guy that's very confused and bring him to the United States. And then he can't get home because the United States no longer recognizes his country as a valid country. There's been a coup or something. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting plot, which is the story is, yeah, this guy's from a country that France would no longer respect his passport. So he couldn't, you know, he was on vacation and there was a military coup in his country. So the new government is uh, that his country had been taken over by wasn't recognized by France. And the old country that his passport was issued by was no longer a valid country. So that's kind of where his problem came from is he was stuck in an airport and he couldn't come or go. That doesn't seem like a good plot for a movie to me. Uh, that's why probably why you didn't like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it wasn't very commercial commercially successful either i don't think it was one of tom hanks more successful movies no it wasn't of course um, you Catherine know Zeta jones though it, she was in that one you know tom hanks hasn't had a lot of successful movies in the past i mean let's be honest two decades he's had a few but mm-hmm. not not like he did previous you know yeah so I'll, i gotta say though i i was kind of impressed with the way that he portrayed mr rogers that one uh, well, yeah, he did a better I, job than I expected. I thought that he did an excellent job, and when I said there hadn't been a lot of good movies, I, I'm mm-hmm. meaning more commercially. Yeah, like yeah, commercially good. And right? maybe it's just because everything's so drowned out. There's so much of it now, you know. Yeah. because he's had some good ones. He did Captain Captain Phillips. He did that Sully, where the pilot that landed. Yeah, and I saw him. both of those. I I didn't really. The Captain Phillips was okay, but Tom Hanks wasn't really Tom Hanks in it to me. Mm-hmm. I, that may sound silly, but he just, to me, he that could have been any. He was a very he, subdued character. Yeah, it could have been any no-name actor yeah. or, you know, or a B actor, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, or something like that. It didn't seem to really center around him. I guess it's interesting because uh, Tom Hanks has been doing a lot of true-to-life stories, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. I mean, because yeah. if you say Captain Phillips, you mm-hmm. know, solely... Mr. Rogers. Yeah. yeah. These are all real people. Yeah. It's kind of, but I guess, you know, Tom Hanks is in that strange situation where he's aging as well. So yeah. there's only so many characters he fits into. That's where I find like mm-hmm. Kevin Costner as well. Yeah. You know, he's actually seeing a lot of success right now with Yellowstone. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Costner, like a lot of his films in the 80s and 90s. And, mm-hmm. and then he had 
quite a few, you know, just kind of B hits and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It just weren't that great. Yeah, around the time of Waterworld. Yeah, and I didn't mind Waterworld. Yeah. In fact, I'll tell you one movie I really liked of him is The Postman. Yeah. I really like that movie, and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't very... I finally watched that movie. It's a good movie, isn't you it? You know, I, for, for, for once, I've actually done a couple of homework assignments that you've given me. And yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It in it wasn't commercially successful. Not as no. not as big as they thought it would be yeah. because it was. I mean, it was a large budget movie. Yeah, and Waterworld is a decent movie. Yeah, but it is. Boy, it was a commercial flop, and I think a lot of their problem was that they were filming on open ocean. It's difficult to, to film on open ocean. It's expensive. Yeah, and I I thought that was a good movie as well. But, yeah, it was. You know. Good or great movies don't always reflect in the box office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of things become cult classics as time goes by, too, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. they Because they dump so much money into these movies, they can't even pay themselves off. But down the road, you know. That's what everybody hopes for, right? Yeah. I don't know how we got from turkeys to Tom Hanks I don't to know. Kevin Costner. I, I was going to lead into, like, uh, holiday season, holiday movies. Um but I, I don't know that we're ready to go that direction, are we? I don't know. I don't feel like it's the holidays yet. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, the only holiday I really do enjoy is Christmas. Mm-hmm. And it's not for your traditional, you know, or religious or anything like that. I just mm-hmm. enjoy Christmas as a family holiday. Yeah, that's something that uh, I've seen a lot of people, especially people that, um, should we say, have outgrown their religion. Mm-hmm. Um they struggle they're like well what what do i how do i approach christmas because i you know i'm not a big jesus fan um so i don't want this to be a religious thing um i'm also not big into lying to my kids so i don't want a santa thing and i don't not big into like wasteful needless spending so you know i I think it's more approach it yeah i think it's more important as a red letter date (laughs) you know much akin to a weekend or something, just saying, mm-hmm. okay, this is your free time. Yeah. This is a red letter date that everyone's going to be celebrating and the world's going to slow down just a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, whether you're doing this for religious reasons, whether you're doing it for personal reasons, whether you're doing it just to get together with your family, yeah. it really doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Let's just use this time to slow the world down a little bit, spend some time together, mm-hmm. you know, eat some good food or whatever it is, you know, find the joy of giving to mm-hmm. each other or whoever, you know, however you do it, everyone's yeah. different on it. Um, and just use it as a, you know, like I said, a red letter date. It doesn't yeah. have to be but anything. The Christmas celebration in days of yore. And, you know, we have to, I guess we need to be kind of specific about what we mean by days of yore, <laughs> because we are talking, I mean, especially about like Thanksgiving, we're talking about, so, uh, the postmodern Thanksgiving versus the the current Thanksgiving, or or the modern Thanksgiving versus the original Thanksgiving, and then pre-Thanksgiving. So when it comes to like days of yore, I'm speaking of like um, say medieval times, right? Yeah. The Christmas celebration would start on the 25th, and the 12 days of Christmas would go from the 25th of December to 12 days after, and end on Epiphany the uh, 6th of January. So uh, it was a 12 day celebration of just feasting and partying and 
it was a wild time. That'd be hard to, uh, you know, monitor that in a capitalist area yeah, like we live exactly. in because I don't, I don't think most people are going to be able to get that kind of time off from work. Exactly. What are you going to do? Because you can't just like drink yourself into oblivion and then show up at eight o'clock in the morning the next day. Well, and the thing about it is now is we become a people that have, and I speak my, for myself in the mm -hmm. same manner as we're very impatient. You know, we yeah. expect McDonald's to be open. Oh, we yeah. expect the Seven Eleven to be open. We want mm -hmm. to be able to go, get, you know, and I think in the back of your mind, it doesn't make you a bad person, but I don't think really people think that, Hey, yeah. these people need, yeah, in order, to, in order for me to get my McDonald's, it means that somebody has to give up their day off. It has to, get, has to work on a holiday, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's not always bad. You know, I respect the companies that go around to people and say, hey, we're paying double pay this day. Anybody yeah. that wants to volunteer to work, you know, mm -hmm. let's do it. But if they can't get anybody to volunteer to work, then close down. Yeah. And I don't see a problem with that, you mm -hmm. know. I, there was always something comforting about, you know, if we're driving out to the in-laws or something on mm -hmm. uh, Christmas Day and you're driving through town and it's... You see a bunch of shut-up windows and they're, like, the lights are off. Everything's done, you yeah. know, and it, it's that's something you don't see in this world anymore. But at the same time, I'm the person that enjoys that, but I'm also the person <laughs> that's like... God, I want to go get my goddamn Coke. Exactly. You know, so why isn't the 7-Eleven <laughs> open? Of course, the 7-Eleven's always oh, open. Oh, it's always but, open. Yeah. But... You know, that's kind of what, I don't know. It's the world is a vampire. Yeah. I don't know if you know that song, but um, I'm familiar with it. Maybe, okay. Yeah. By the kid from small wonder. Yeah. Well, I was more talking to smashing pumpkins. Yeah. Okay. That's what Jamie from small wonder grew up to be. Is the smashing pumpkins. And see, I always thought Jamie grew up to be Marilyn Manson. He should have. I'm confused. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of interesting to look back through time and see what happened to like kid child actors of yesteryear. Well, do you know Billy Corgan, yeah. the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins? Did you know he owns NWA, a wrestling federation? I did not know. He that. is like a huge wrestling fan, which obviously I am as well. Oh. In fact, I was kind of talking to you about before mm -hmm. we started recording that I'm watching uh, the series on. Uh, stars called yeah. heels mm -hmm. is in h e e l s is yeah. you know heel is a bad guy yeah, in wrestling bad guys you know? of wrestling yeah. yeah it has Stephen amell um a couple other actors in it mm -hmm. that i've seen in a lot of things but i can't remember their names you know yeah. nobody you'd know right offhand if mm -hmm. i said their names but it's actually a pretty good pretty good, pretty good show mm -hmm. yeah if if you like wrestling it's interesting but it's got a good story to it as well so mm -hmm. you don't have to lot uh like wrestling yeah. to watch it i i really enjoy it but but if you're gonna watch it you're gonna see boobies i enjoyed watching glow on glow Netflix. wasn't bad yeah yeah the uh, glamorous ladies of wrestling mm -hmm. yeah um i don't think I, I finished it but like i saw part of the first season the first few episodes, i watched the first really good yeah i watched the first two seasons and they were pretty decent i learned a lot about wrestling yeah i made it through the third season a little ways and it just kind of petered out for me and oh, that's yeah. and i'm a wrestling fan and i i yeah. couldn't finish the thir third season but yeah it, it was pretty decent as well i mm -hmm. think they should have stopped it at two seasons though yeah just my opinion mm -hmm. have you been as far as watching you know i know we're both kind of yeah. we, we try uh, to keep up with each other on is, what we're watching is this a tell of a file you know you've got an audio file would we be a yeah 
Cinemaphile? Yeah. What, what would the word Let's be? See, uh, probably Telephile. Telephile. No. Yeah. Would it be called a streamophile? Since we stream also. Streamophile. There's got to be a word for it. Yeah. Because you want to encompass television, mm-hmm. movies, yeah. series, everything. So it has to be a. I think media file goes too far. Yeah, because media can be it's anything. everything. Yeah. It would probably have to be a television, so a TV a file. Sure. I like that word. Okay. TV a file. TV a file. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see what we we watched uh, the most recent episode of Handmaid's Tale. Went all the way through that. It was really good. I I keep I've enjoyed Handmaid's Tale. I really mm-hmm. have. You know what bugs the crap out of me? Up until this season. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. What really bugs the crap out of me is that June is not on that wall. Well, we've talked about that before. But you have, you know, you seem to be this real woman hater. Um, Let me take that back. I I stated that wrong. (laughs) You seem to really be this woman in strife hater. Yeah. You know, any, anything that, whether it be true or fictional and mm-hmm. there's women in strife, you, when, well, when uh, it, when it goes on too long, you, mm-hmm. you really read into I their start being, hating on the women. Yeah. You believe there's not, you know, you a, know, a different motive there from them. And you start, I wonder if this is from my childhood. It could be my upbringing is, uh, got some residual damage there. I'm not sure what's going on, but I mean, I know you don't like Elizabeth smart. No, you really think she, Plan this whole thing. Elizabeth somehow. Smart, I don't think, is a good role model for people who have been kidnapped. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Elizabeth Smart, she really likes to try and capitalize upon that tragedy, whereas most kidnapped victims really want to just put it behind them and leave it in the past. Do you think, though? Because, I mean, if you really want to look at the amount of series documentaries things like that of mm-hmm. kidnap victims and you know abuse victims and things don't you think most of them are capitalizing on it and how many uh, of them are capitalizing because they truly are good people and just want the word out there that's a possibility um i gotta say though for every one of those people what i would what i notice is that most kidnap victims like uh let's see was it jc duggar that was kidnapped and held in a shed in the backyard or something. For, I know. I thought she was she off went, that television show or the something. The Duggars? Yeah. Or that uh, 18 and counting or something like that. She was kidnapped? No, what was it? no it was, uh, this was a different... I'm pretty sure her, her name was Duggar. I think her name was J.C. Duggar. Hmm, interesting. I think so. Yeah, I... See, the but name sounds she, familiar. She was a but... girl that got kidnapped. Oh, let me uh, make a, a better example. Like... um. So there's this, uh, who was the girl up? In you are right. It is JC. JC Duggar. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Let me just stay with her. So, uh, she got kidnapped. I think she had kids, uh, in captivity. Yeah. I remember yeah. the story now. So, and then she escaped and I think she's done one or two appearances where they told her story. Uh, Elizabeth smart just seems like she, keeps retelling her story every couple of years but how much is that about the media reaching out to them and things like that i mean that, because that could be you know if, yeah. depending on the story and of course you live in utah as well yeah. so you're going to see the story about about the girl from utah that was kidnapped yeah exactly held against her will for a year and yeah. i think it's probably going to catch your 
catch your eye a little more than sure. what J.C. Duggar would. Yeah, but I, I guess it really what bothers me about Elizabeth Smart is that um, I don't think she herself learned any valuable lessons from her experience because in uh, was it 2017 she was on a uh, a flight where she got felt up by a stranger that was sitting next to her and she just froze and let him gro- uh, grope her leg and stuff. <laughs> and I so, didn't I didn't hear about that. Oh, you didn't hear about that? Uh-uh. Oh, I could have sworn. Sent you the, uh, there was a big article on, uh, I think you, you may have at one point. I, I may have forgotten Yahoo, about but it. Yeah, but... I, uh, yeah, I remember this happening. And she's like, oh, I just froze. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't believe it was happening. I'm like, Okay, so you didn't learn your lesson the first time when you were 14 and somebody started, you know, t- trying to have uh, sexual contact with you against your will? Uh, the the believability for me, you know, it's mm-hmm. not that I deny that happened to her or anything like that, mm-hmm. but a 14-year-old knows what's going on. And so mm-hmm. I, I find it really strange. You know, they tell the story about how she was at parties with mm-hmm. them and she was in her... Yeah, robe with her face covered and yeah. everything, but didn't. And her whole thing is, I just prayed that somebody would recognize me. Well, you're not even like lifting the veil off. Yeah, your take face or take anything. the veil off and say, "Hey, and, it's me." Or even worse, people are like asking you, "Hey, are you the girl on the billboard? Are you the girl that's on these uh, posters around town? Are you Elizabeth Smart?" And she's like, "Oh no, I I know I look like her, but that's not me." Yeah, like she's openly saying this. I'm like, you. Yeah, I mean, I know you've always had a problem with it, yeah. and I, I get it. There's just a, there, there's pieces of that story that don't fit for me. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it was all made up to make and, money. Well, one, one of the one of the pieces that really doesn't fit for me is that she keeps retelling the story, and each time that she keeps retelling the story, it seems like she gets more and more involved. Like the last. Uh, retelling of the story that they did on a documentary she actually they kept having her they kept cutting to her so she could explain her actions and she's like this is why i was doing this and it just didn't make it any more believable for me it who, actually made it less believable who was it the kidnapper brian brian david mitchell yeah and he, uh wanda barzi yeah maybe maybe uh Elizabeth Smart's dad was having a relationship with Brian David Mitchell. Her dad did come out as homosexual. That's what I'm saying. So maybe maybe that was a relationship gone bad. And so to punish him, he decided to thieve his daughter. Yeah. What I really would like to do, I mean, I don't want to talk to Brian David Mitchell because the guy's batshit crazy. Yeah, he's definitely crazy. But Wanda Barzi, she might be batshit crazy too. She seems pretty batshit crazy. I want to talk to her though. <laughs> well, she's out. I know she's out. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of want to track her down and like, hey, what is what what's your version of what happened? And take it with a grain of salt because I'm sure she's batshit crazy, like we said. Yeah. But I mean, at least I don't feel like she's going to start singing hymns at me. Okay. I don't know. She looks like the type, to be honest with you, that she'd start singing hymns. At me. Uh, she's the kind of person when you look at her, you don't even have to hear her say anything. She does look crazy. Oh yeah, she does. I mean. Yeah, there's a lot of screws that are missing. They're not just loose. They're missing upstairs. Yeah, Yeah, there's pieces that are not attached. Yeah, when they when when they put her uh, brain together, yeah, they uh, they had a whole bucket full of bolts that were still left. So I was going to ask you. You know, there's been a few shootings lately. Yeah. 
what do you think about this shooting up in Idaho where they haven't found, uh, they haven't found the person that did the shootings? That's it, scary stuff, isn't it? When yeah. When they don't find the guy. And I was told that, um, is it the Moscow police they're offering the policeman that finds him a million dollars? Oh, wow. Yeah. So this is uh, where they're really desperate for good old-fashioned police work to bring the guy in. Yeah, I don't know that much about the situation. My wife's been kind of keeping me updated mm-hmm. saying, hey, they haven't found the guy or gal, yeah. whoever did the you know mm-hmm. the shootings. Yeah. And there was these other two gals that were there at this party house that mm-hmm. somehow slept all through it. Yeah. I assume they've interviewed them and it wasn't one of them. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Or maybe so they were just been drinking or doing whatever and they were passed out is why they mm-hmm. slept through it. I don't know, but it's uh, it seems a little elaborate. I mean, the the fact that you've got somebody that can go in so brazenly and do something like that, kill all those people, and then just vanish. But most of these mass shootings we have, or what you want to consider a mass mm-hmm. shooting, they almost always catch the assailant. Usually. Almost always. I mean, very yeah. rarely do you, because it's someone Se- Several times the assailant's uh, among the dead. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whether it be self-inflicted or yeah. they or, barge in on him yeah. and... Or gunfight, right? Yeah, whatever it may be. So, so this one's a little bit different because it, it's like a mob hit or something. You yeah. know, it's it's very strange. Yeah, almost like it's very sophisticated in that this isn't the the person's first time. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know, because there's a lot of things that happen, and you know, just people lose their cool and something happens or whatever, or they're crazy or whatever. But this is like okay, this was planned out very well. Yeah, you know. I don't know. Really strange, but I think it's time to go to our first commercial. So we'll be back. Yeah, we'll be back in just a moment. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download this free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. We're back again, and this is our second segment. That means it's time to play Get to Know Our Co-Host. Your co-host? No, mine. Yeah. Well, no, you're no, my co-host. Your co-host. Get to know my co-host. Yeah. Are we really playing? I mean, you say it's time it, to play, yeah, like, like it's, it's a, game. a game. No, this is. I don't. I, I guess the the real fun of it is that this is a question that um, Justin has not has has no idea what I'm going to ask him. I know, but I I do I might not even know what I'm. Gonna I do ask have him. control of not only the mute button, but mm-hmm. the stop button. So that's true. And if the, you're still listening to me talk right now and you still hear me answer, then obviously I didn't hear hit stop. Yeah. And I mean, to be fair, this is your house. Uh, so if, it, if it's a question you really don't want to answer, then that would be the end of about what, and I'll be thrown out. You know, so this is, exactly. Yeah. This is a very dangerous. I can be replaced. You know? yeah, yeah. This is a very dangerous. <laughs> so can I. No, that, that, that's the problem. You're, oh, yeah. you're irreplaceable. We can both be replaced. I mean, we've got two microphones sitting up here. I mean, somebody just <laughs> needs to come in, take us out, and start talking. Yeah. We'll bring Porter back in. <laughs> He'll maybe, at a, it. maybe at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had a lot of fun with Porter. Uh, yep. On the 
last couple episodes. We did. We just need to get another mic for him we for when he joins us. But you know, I think we did pretty good for what we had with the, the setup. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, so the question this week that I'd like to ask you. Um, you truly don't know what you're asking, do you? You're right. I'm just pulling this one right out. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you put a lot of thought into this. I'm going to go top five movies. What are your top five movies? Can I tell you something that's really funny? Yeah. Really funny about Really this. funny. I'm laying in bed last night okay. trying to fall asleep. And I was thinking, oh, tomorrow's our segment, Get to Know Your Co-Host. Uh-huh. You must know me really well. You got to be shitting me. Because I knew this was the question. You, you are ask. you for real? I was sitting there putting them together in my head. I literally just put pulled this right out of my hey, ass. I guess. <laughs> I guess. I think you know me oh, better than I know you. That could be. But um, I put some thought into this. Okay. Already last night, funny enough. All right. Top five then. I, I think I was doing it more in the term of what am I going to ask you next? Uh-huh. So now, unfortunately, asshole, it can't be this one. I guess it could. I guess it could be, but we don't want to, you know, just yeah. Hey, what's your favorite movies? You know, I'll tell you what. Maybe we'll do this together on this one. Okay, so we'll let's both get our top five out there. Okay, fair enough. Um, These are in no particular order because, you know, I, I assume like anyone, you know, a movie's different depending on how you feel that day, right, or what mood you're in. But I will name my top five movies. Um, one of them was on when you walked in the door. Back to the future. Back to the future, part one. Uh, you know, I would have to say one, that's one of my top five, too. Really? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know where it falls. It's not number one. I wouldn't say Back it to the Future. It might be number five for me, but that, it is top five. I'm probably number four or number five on it, if I was mm-hmm. to truly categorize it. Okay. Um, another one of my favorite movies we covered just a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Dazed, Dazed and confused. confused. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that that would probably be, well, I don't know. Let's get five of them out and then maybe I can assign them a, okay. an order. I'm uh, going to go with Cool Hand Luke. That's that's a good one. Okay. Um, I would probably have to put Shawshank Redemption in there. <laughs> and I would put Shawshank Redemption in the top five too. God, we're really... We're yeah. really journeying <laughs> here, aren't we? <laughs> so that that's three of them. Uh-huh. Um, Forrest Gump, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm on board with Forrest Gump. I, I wouldn't put it on my top five. Um, I'm going to say, um, let's see. This is a horrible time for some dead air. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you my, my top one is It's a Wonderful Life. Even though it's a Christmas, but a lot of people consider it a Christmas movie. I don't necessarily, it takes place at Christmas, but really it's something that could happen any time of the year. I really like uh, Frank Capra, really good filmmaker. Yeah, it's it's a good movie. I would mm-hmm. say that's in my top 20, but definitely not in and my it, top it, 10. It's not for everybody. It certainly hasn't been for everybody. The only reason anybody watches it now is because they nobody liked it when it was released in the 40s. And yeah. uh, so it, the um, the copyright ran out on it, and they were able to play it for free. <laughs> That's why people have seen it. Yeah, interesting. Well, and this definitely isn't my top movie, but my favorite actor in the entire world is Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Funny, I, I think if I was to look at all these movies, all of them without a doubt, mm-hmm. not all of them, but the biggest percentage of them are in my top 50. 
Yeah. But this is the only one that hits the top five, and that would be the good, the bad, and the ugly. Fair enough. You know, with honorable mentions to Pale Rider and the Unforgiven, mm-hmm. Outlaw Josie Wales. I'd, I'd probably put the Outlaw Josie Wales in as my uh, one of my top five. Yeah. I, I would say Outlaw Josie Wales for me is probably number six. And, and maybe mm-hmm. at a certain time, if you ask me in a different period, maybe it would be in my top five. <laughs> but but I've seen it a lot recently. Yeah. And so maybe, I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But th- those are my top five. And I don't know, you know, saying I could categorize them, I don't know if I can. Mm-hmm. because it's different depending on the day. Yeah. And I, and I don't like to say, you know, if I was to say my favorite series of all time, mm-hmm. television series, it's Mad Men. Okay. Without a doubt. Yeah. Um, and I don't think anything's going to replace that. Movies are a little bit different because they're easy to watch. You know, I look yeah. at Mad Men, it had 93 episodes. So you've got 93 hours mm-hmm. of watching as opposed to a two hour film. Right. I I think my favorite series is probably South Park. Really? And because uh, Trey, Mar- Trey Parker and Matt Stone really get my humor. Yeah, and, and I've never seen a full episode of South Park. Yeah, you, you're not big into adult uh, cartoons. No, I, I just don't get into them. Yeah. And I probably would to a certain extent, but there's so much material out there to watch. Yeah. You know, like another huge series for me is I love like probably anybody breaking bad. Yeah. I love breaking bad, Mm -hmm. you know, and then I've got a bunch of series that are definitely my favorites, but probably don't hold up as well today. Like MacGyver or quantum Mm -hmm. leap. I love those, but yeah, but the one you, that's just is when you watch something from back in the Mm eighties, I mean, I tried rewatching MacGyver and I mean, I could get into a couple of episodes, but watching it from like episode one was difficult. Because he hasn't really become a guy here yet. Yeah, the, <laughs> the the first half of the first season was really tough to watch. Yeah. You know, another series is a favorite of mine would probably be number three after Mad Men and Breaking Bad would okay. be The Wonder Years. Oh, and yeah. I think why Mad Men and The Wonder Years hold up so well is because they're not dated. You yeah. know, they're about a time period and that part's not going to mm-hmm. change. You're yeah. not... You're not going to go watch it. For example, I really like The West Wing when I watched it last year. It's mm-hmm. the first time I ever watched it. Okay. But but it's really strange to watch it because it seems... Are, lo- are there references that... Uh... There's references that are tough, but it seems modern. But then you've got everybody carrying pagers and things oh, like that. It's the just, technology takes you out of it. Yeah. yeah, where if you're watching a period piece, which I like yeah. anyways... Mm-hmm it's going to stay there. You know, it's kind of like days of confused. It's kind of like Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Those or even Clint Eastwood, all his Westerns. That's what yeah. it's supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to see, you know, you're not going to go back a hundred years and say, well, you didn't have a cell phone or you didn't have a yeah. computer or this or that, because mm-hmm. it was filmed in a time that wasn't supposed to be like that. Yeah. So I could see a series like breaking bad, mm-hmm. not holding up as well. Okay. You know, is a madman would because yeah because of the the way that it was shot i mean breaking bad isn't shot as a period piece so much as it's just shot as a modern day piece. yeah exactly and at a certain yeah. point in time that's going to seem outdated yeah. right mm-hmm. where when you're when you're filming something that is a cer- certain certain yeah. time period mm-hmm. it, you that's what you're getting right yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it better than that uh-huh. but it but they hold up better to me okay. and i think that's why you know, I don't really enjoy John Wayne Westerns because mm-hmm. they're so corny, but most of Clint Eastwood's Westerns are pretty gritty. And like yeah. we talked about last week or whatever, that mm-hmm. 
he's getting the shit beat out of him. And oh, the yeah. real thing he's is not invincible, is, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just not a cowboy versus it isn't a cowboy versus an Indian where yeah. the cowboy is the good guy, the Indian's always the bad guy, and yeah. the cowboy always wins, right? Yeah, the cowboy. I mean, with John Wayne, he's gonna he's gonna ride in on the horse. He's gonna hop off the horse. Go over there and slug the bad guy, and the bad guy's gonna fall down. Well, exactly. So, I mean, to me, that's that's what makes a good film is mm-hmm. cap- capturing a time piece. I, I think that's why when you look yeah. at the movies, I like, mm-hmm. you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Days and confused. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Back to the Future obviously is set in 1985, but 99 percent yeah. of it's set in 55, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, it, to me, that. It holds up really, really well. Yeah, because it's supposed to be 1985. And let me tell you, like, a lot of the uh, shows that they're making nowadays, they're supposed to, like, Stranger Things, supposed mm-hmm. to take place in the 80s. You don't have the Farrah Fawcett hair. You don't have, like, you know, the the uh, feathered wings on Yeah, I think they do an okay job. Yeah. but they, they do a pretty decent job, but, I mean, it doesn't capture the 80s the way Back to the Future captures the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just hard to say. I, I'm, de- I'm definitely a fan of period pieces more mm-hmm. than anything. Yeah. And, and coming of age films like we've talked and and if you can mix the two like mm-hmm. you like you do in fit, you, you know, in American Graffiti or in yeah. Days to Confused, mm-hmm. you know, or even Back to the Future is a coming of age film if yeah, you really want to think about it that way. Sure. Um, they you just got a kid in high school that's trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, they just hold more you know, bearing to me and they, mm-hmm. they don't seem to fade. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and, and American graffiti is definitely in my top 10. What about, uh, the, uh, shoot. hungry eyes is the only thing, uh, dirty dancing, dirty dancing. I, I actually really like that film. Mm-hmm. I would say that's probably in my top 40 or 50. It's a good movie. And it's another an, period piece another yeah. period piece another coming of age piece 60s and yeah it's about the early 60s yeah. um it it's got the music it's got the cars it's got the feeling it's mm-hmm. got everything and i don't see that film really outdating much because it is about what it's about no, exactly. you're not seeing technology and things in it you know now some of the 80s movies we watch you know where they've got the old apple computers and things yeah. like that or even <laughs> 90s movies i, yeah. I caught up What's that one with uh, Sandra Bullock? Oh, the net. The net. Yeah. My my wife and I were talking about this. Uh, Hi, hi wife, by the way. (laughs) I I, I love when my wife gets the update from this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's a perfect way to do it, I guess, if you do it. Yeah, it's terrible. My wife and I, believe it or not, do talk. But uh, we were talking about the net. She's like, oh, I remember watching that and thinking it was so far out there that she could order a pizza on the internet. (laughs) <laughs> well that's what i mean and yeah. you watch that now and it's just kind of laughable There's, yeah you know because it's mm-hmm. i mean it's a still a good film but yeah but it doesn't hold up mm-hmm. because exactly. it, it i mean it and maybe maybe those will come back around maybe mm-hmm. at a certain point somebody will see that as a period piece yeah. and these uh computer ones like let's see war games was another yeah one. War, um hackers was a hackers, really big one yeah. amongst computer nerds back when it was released oh another one film I forgot that it probably is in my top five, even though I've already got five there. Mm-hmm. Stand by me. All right, fair enough. Uh, I don't know which one it would replace, but let's just say I've got six in my top okay, five. That's fine. You can have six in your top. Five. So, and it follows the same formula I seem to like on everything. You know, it's a period piece about the '60s. 
a coming of age film about young boys. It's mm-hmm. probably the only Stephen King story I really truly enjoy from uh-huh. start to finish. Yeah. Because, you know, they don't get to the end and a zombie pops out of the chest of the dead boy yeah. and something weird. Because that's how Stephen King goes. To me, every Stephen King movie, mm-hmm. the first 50% of those films are, are excellent, right? Are excellent, are addictive yeah. or whatever. And then it then it gets so strange. Yeah. And then he goes full Stephen King. Yeah. And I'm not sure if he's got some sort of a ritual where he smokes a something strange uh, he just needs he needs someone to finish his stories for him yeah because he sets them up excellent and they Mm -hmm. seem normal but then it just gets so strange you know another one that i i actually enjoyed from him is misery as well because it wasn't a Mm -hmm. off the wall you know just completely well that one was really good beginning to end too yeah Yeah. because it because it didn't Mm -hmm. have any supernatural bullshit going in there and not it's, that I'm against supernatural, yeah. but but when you have to like shoehorn that in in order to get to the end of it, yeah. Um, let's see, like Silver Bullet was a really good uh, movie, and uh, you know that 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 one was one where they did a really good job. But um, I don't know the whole. It it got a little strange, the the fact there being a werewolf, um, but. Uh, what was the 11 uh, 11 22 yeah he, he did that same thing i got where, the book right there yeah exactly that's why i pointed up there because i'm like oh i can read the the title yeah <laughs> uh where at the very end he, he goes to an alternate future and then decides he has to reset it yeah well yeah i guess we ought to be saying there's spoiler alerts in this if you if you're listening to this uh show you know we're spoiling movies well, of course, and if you haven't seen them, shame on you. Exactly. Eleven twenty two sixty three. You know, it was obviously supernatural, and yeah. it had the the mm-hmm. time travel and yeah. all that stuff, mm-hmm. as does Back to the Future, obviously. Sure. But it's done in a even eleven twenty two sixty three being Stephen mm-hmm. King. It was done in a. I know it sounds weird, but in a believable way. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, you didn't have for for whatever reason. There's that uh, wormhole to the past right yeah and it doesn't yeah. seem even but that's from the beginning too yeah. so you know it it doesn't it doesn't seem like a normal film and then all of a sudden it creeps up on you oh there's this enchanted yeah. demon you yeah know, that shows up from outer space and it, wipes out everybody yeah exactly <laughs> um there was a movie uh, had eight in it that come out of super eight super eight yeah that was kind of like that yeah it had a really good beginning in my mm-hmm. opinion and seemed like a good film and all that and then it got just monsters yeah. and all kinds mm-hmm. of shit going on it's kind of in fact to be honest with you i think stranger things was pretty much a copy of super eight seemed like it in, really in a lot like of ways yeah. because stranger things you know and i'm fine with mm-hmm. the supernatural and people with weird powers and things like that yeah. but when you set it up as a normal Mm-hmm. You know, down to earth, you get to know these people, and then all of a sudden it happens. It just seems out of place to me. Yeah. But, you know, Stephen King's obviously been successful, so who am I to criticize? Exactly. Just not my type of thing. Yeah. My uh, my favorite Stephen King will always be Creep Show, um, just because uh, he plays... Um, he, he plays the guy in there that's like this hayseed uh, farmer, but finds a meteorite that ends up taking over his house and his body and everything growing yeah grass on him 
Yeah. Well, I think that I think you know, Stand by Me. Why I like it so much is it was actually just a Stephen King short story. Mm-hmm. I I really think he didn't finish it fully, which is why it didn't end up. Yeah, didn't get up. the chance to right because yeah. it was kind of a glimpse in the middle there. Yeah. yeah, and and see, that's another film that no matter how many times you watch it, it's not going to seem dated. No, because. It is dated, right? Exactly. I it's, mean, it takes place in the '60s, or uh, yeah, because the one kid's uh, dad is back from Vietnam. Did I tell you we visited uh, Brownsville, Oregon, where the majority of it was filmed? That's right, you did. About three or four years ago, and it the town still looks mm-hmm. almost identical. Yeah, I misspoke. It wasn't Vietnam. It was, he stormed the beaches of Normandy. Normandy. I'm yeah. an idiot. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to How did I you, forget but, that? But yeah, the town of Brownsville, Oregon's awesome. They've got uh, the new section that they built that's kind of way off to okay. the other side. But uh-huh. you can see all the old buildings. You can see the park where Lardass does the pie eating contest uh-huh. and yeah. stuff. And uh, you can go around and see um, all the homes that the kids lived in, you know, Gordy's mm-hmm. house and yeah. things like that. It's, it's a pretty cool little yeah. town. In fact, if that section of town we went through some of the businesses and they had an antique shop there and it still looks mm-hmm. like it's straight out of the late 50s early 60s yeah that that portion of the town so that one's gonna have to be a stop on a road trip one you need days. to stop there yeah. uh, i mean i don't know how exciting it would be for someone that's not infatuated with the film like i am well, but that's, that's kind of the fun thing is going and seeing where play where things were filmed i mean even uh, let's see, in our local area, Napoleon Dynamite up in Preston, yeah. Idaho, right? I mean, it's kind of, regardless of if you, if you like the movie or not, it's kind of fun to go and it's like, oh, hey, this is uh, the house where Napoleon Dynamite lived. Or, yeah. Here's the cut and corral where he got his haircuts. But see, that, that's just yeah. a silly slapstick movie, right? Yeah, sure. And I, I don't mind the movie. I've seen it a couple yeah. times and it's all right, you yeah. know. But I don't think that will hold up over no. time. Um, no, it's definitely not going to be uh, on the top 100 movies list. No. And, you know, so did you give us five movies then? I think so. Uh, Shawshank Redemption, Cool Hand Luke. Back to the uh, Future. Back to the Future. Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life. And uh, did you say The Good, Bad, and the Ugly? No. Oh, The Outlaw Josie Wells. Outlaw Josie Wells. Yeah, yeah um, which I might have to put The Outlaw Josie Wells in my top five, too. So you got seven. And Pale Rider. Eight in the top five. Okay. Yeah, probably I'm unfor- okay with that. Probably Unforgiven. Okay. So I guess I'm just angry you didn't let me do top ten. That's the well, way it's sounding to I'm me. I'm kind of an asshole. Do you want to fill out the, the rest of the top ten? Well, I don't know. How many I got now? Uh, you're up to eight, so two more. Well, I don't know. That's kind of tough. Exactly. I didn't know you were going to throw <laughs> me under the bus right now. <laughs> uh, let's see. A couple more. Uh I know this sounds really silly and probably really shallow of me for my other picks, but I'd probably put Roadhouse in there. You know, that's not a bad pick. I don't know why, but uh-huh. I love it. Let's see. I'd put Rocky in my top ten. God damn it. I'm sorry. So would I. <laughs> so would I. Uh, Rocky, yeah. one, two, and three are probably mm-hmm. in my top 20. Um, yeah. The Star Wars Mm-hmm. The first three or episode four, five, and six, as okay. they were called, yeah. mm-hmm. are probably in my top 20. It was weird the way that they released Star Wars. Yeah, very strange. They but sandwiched I, it. But yeah. I'm a pretty good, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan. I'm not, mm-hmm. 
yeah. you know, huge Star Wars fan, but I love yeah. the films. I mm -hmm. think I talked about it last week. I love the series that are on Disney. Sure. Um, I've enjoyed those. And so, you know, I don't go as far as watching the cartoons, though. Mm -hmm. Okay. I never go that far. That's fair. But, yeah, I mean, you can kind of see the movies I'm into. It's a pretty wide yeah. range. And, you yeah. know, even the Star Wars films, when we talk about them holding up, you look mm -hmm. at the original Star Wars, A yeah. New Hope, Episode Four. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was the first episode released, obviously. It's when you watch it to to see the you know the controls and all the things yeah. on the their uh, spaceships and in the Death mm -hmm. Star and the things like that. They they don't hold up at all, but for some yeah. reason that film mm -hmm. still does. Yeah, and I I don't know why. I I think it breaks all barriers and rules. Yeah, it it really was a, a phenomenal movie of its time. Yeah, and I think. A lot, I think people recognized it for what it was. Well, when I when I watch it, if it's on and I'm bored just sitting on mm -hmm. the couch one Sunday afternoon, I'll sit there and watch it for yeah. a while. And I don't look at it and think, God, oh, this is silly. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the technology is horrible on this and all that. And, yeah. it, and it probably should be, but it's not. No, it, the way that it was filmed, I mean, that's kind of the, the amazing thing is that there's still wonder. I mean, if you're not into filmmaking especially special effects filmmaking, mm -hmm. you probably, you might not have any idea even now how they filmed it. A lot of these things like with the, these, uh, the death star and these huge galactic battleships that they fly around. Well, and if you think about it, it's that much more impressive since everything now can just simply be computer generated, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, exactly. So speaking, do you put any of the star Wars films in your top 20? Uh, you know, since we've stretched from five to ten to twenty now, I, you need to start I, listing I would, some I would, more off. I would put the uh, I would put Star Wars, the original, the the New Hope, yeah, really, or New Hope. Because see, I and think I like Empire Strikes <laughs> Back and Return of the Jedi even better. Mm -hmm. But but can you really watch one without watching all three? That's of kind them? of the problem, isn't that? Yeah. I mean, this is the sort of thing that you do on a long weekend. So, um, yeah, it is Thanksgiving Day today. Uh, so you still have two more days in this or three more days in this weekend to uh, binge through the entire Star Wars. And some people actually do that. Other people do Lord of the Rings. And well, I don't I, think anybody does the Chronicles of Narnia. No. Well, and I'm still going on my top 20. I want <laughs> yeah. to throw one very important movie to me in there, The Doors. Okay. Uh, it's not necessarily correct mm -hmm. i'll throw jeremiah johnson in there okay uh That's that fair. that might even be in my top five right. I, i'm really hurting now because yeah. i really like uh let's see it's uh the man in the wilderness um which is richard harris playing hugh glass uh most uh recently was um leonardo dicaprio playing hugh glass mm -hmm. in um yeah this man the man that got yeah in the revenant yeah but, there um, is it the Revenant? Yeah, the Revenant. Revenant. Yeah, but um, before that, in the 1970s, uh, Richard Harris played, took yes. on the role and did a really good job. I really like that. Richard movie. Harris was in The Unforgiven. Yes, he was. Yeah. Like, Richard Harris has done a lot of stuff. Yeah, most people wouldn't know him. Yeah, They'd know him by seeing him, but wouldn't know who he was. The, the, okay, you would probably recognize him most as uh, in Harry Potter, uh, what's his name, Dumbledore in that? No, I've never seen Harry Potter. Okay, um, I've read the books. They but would I've also never seen recognize him from the 2002 version of uh, Count of Monte Cristo. He plays the old priest. You know what's funny? When I sit here and list out these movies, I would say probably my top ten to probably fifteen mm -hmm. could very easily be swapped from 
one to 15 any yeah. given day. Mm -hmm. That's fair. And I, I do have a question about uh, Star Wars films. Have you seen any of like uh, the Ewok adventure or the battle for Andor? I have not. Okay. They, they were Disney. Um, they were Disney produced um, ep or episodes, movies uh, back in the eighties that take place. Um, it, it centers around this uh, little family that's in this, you know, galactic empire and stuff. And, um, there's, you know, a couple of adventures that they get involved with the Ewoks and then, you know, it's a, you know, young boy and his little sister that it kind of focuses around, but, uh, you'd probably like it. It's on Disney plus. I might have to try it. I've, I've watched the new ones. Um, I, I, that being said, um, it might be a MacGyver. I, <laughs> well, I, this is the eighties, <laughs> you know, one of my favorite, uh, a couple of my favorite series growing up were Knight Rider and mm -hmm. The Incredible Hulk, which dates shows you when when yeah. I was a child. And I've tried to watch them, <laughs> and I think my memories are better of them than yeah. the actual. Yeah, you know, but but at the time they were amazing. I mean, they were mm -hmm. you know I remember watching those and the A Team and Airwolf and all these. Yeah. And now you watch a little bit of them, and you're like, oh, really? Yeah. So it, it really sh shows you. I think how much effort they're putting into television series now. Yeah. Every bit is, or much more than what they do for film. Yeah. Um, I was really impressed with how well um, Little House on the Prairie holds up. And I think it's for that same reason. It's a period piece. And uh, I, it's it's actually pretty well made. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've seen all of Little House on the Prairie. Me too. But it's been 30 years since I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Actually, that's probably being generous. It's probably yeah. been 35 years since I've oh, seen it. My, my wife and I got on a kick a couple of years ago where we binged through the whole dang thing. And uh, I mean, it, it wasn't bad. There was a few episodes here and there. There was episodes that I hadn't seen before. I mean, and it's pretty dang awesome when you see Harriet Olsen, like Nellie elopes with this kid. Uh, when she's way too young, Harriet Olsen has Nell's tracker down to this hotel and she's like, make her a widow. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> it, it's funny that we went from top five movies to top 10 to top 20 to television series. And now we're talking about Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. And uh, we're about ready to go to another break, aren't we? <laughs> well, we got a, we got a couple minutes left. Got a couple but, minutes here. So what would you there. say, you know, on this same topic, I've told you what my favorite series of all time are, what would yours be? Um, I I really enjoyed House MD. Um, You'd rank that as your favorite series of all time? I don't know about favorite. I, I think favorite, I'd still have to go with South Park because I, I did say that. But uh, House MD is right up there. I really enjoy that one. That House MD, um, when we're like uh, doing either my wife's hair or cutting my hair, we put on an episode of House MD while we're watching or while we're doing it. Still to this day? Yeah, it's really good. I've never seen it. You haven't? No. I think you would really like um, the the main character. I've got a couple I want to watch. House. That's one of them. I'd like mm -hmm. to watch Nip Tuck. Mm -hmm. um, I've, I've heard that one was really good. There are so many series mm -hmm. out there that it's just hard, you know. Yeah. I, I'm going to try and watch um, Peaky Blinders. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm trying to wait till a lot of these series are done or or get a number of seasons yeah. behind them because, you know, that's the one thing we've got spoiled on recently is 
being able to binge everything. Yeah, binge them. And it's really, you know, I find like this Heels series I'm watching yeah. on Stars. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's eight episodes. What the hell am I going to do when I'm done with eight episodes? Exactly. Wait around for the ninth to come out? You know, and so, you know, my wife and I find these series that look really, really good. And mm -hmm. I just tell her, just hold on, because sometimes better chance you're going to get canceled. True. And if they don't, let's see if they go two, three, four, five, six, mm -hmm. seven seasons. And if they do, then we'll watch them. Yeah. So it's time to go to another break, and we'll be back with you in just a moment with About What. Hey, listener, this is Ty from About What Podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know that Justin is a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you yourself are a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you've just purchased yourself a brand new Trans Am that you want to get all fixed up. Or maybe you've got yourself an old Chevelle, uh, maybe an old Chevy pickup that needs to restoration. Whatever it is that you've got, why don't you head over to joltparts.com. That's Justin's website. See what uh, parts he's got for your restoration, modification, customization. He's into all kinds of stuff. And if you are a listener to this podcast, and I'm assuming you are if you're hearing this, um, you get an offer of 10% off any purchase of $100 or more at checkout. Just use the promo code about what. That's all uh, lowercase letters about what. And Justin will give you 10% off your first order of uh, parts from joltparts.com. So turn your clunker into a classic and uh, fix up your brand new Trans Am. Um, GM, uh, Pontiac, Mopar, Chrysler, uh, whatever it is you got. Go take a look. Welcome back. All right. So we've uh, paid our bills. And, you know, it, we're we're on holiday. We're just uh, sitting here and chat. Um, I don't know if our uh, listener has any idea, but there was no structure to this episode whatsoever <laughs> you know that's that's kind of funny you say that because that's you know assuming they're structured to any of our episodes i think the oh, true. I, I think where the structure <laughs> lies is we have three segments mm -hmm. and we've introduced a few episodes ago get to know your co-host yeah that's about where our structure ends mm -hmm. uh, i wouldn't say we're poor planners but i think we're both you know, with our jobs and our families mm -hmm. and everything like that, I think we're like anyone time, time constrained. You know, mm -hmm. if you want to uh, become a new sponsor for us, send us some money and we'll have a little more time to put this stuff together. Oh yeah. And then you can, you know, make recommendations about what you'd like us to, to talk about and what you want to hear. You can already do that, but if you yeah. put some money behind it, then we'll probably. Well, the funny thing is, is we do have plenty of recommendations and we look yeah. at them, oh, that's good. That's good. That's uh -huh. good. And then we just, then when it comes day to record, we're like, mm -hmm. well, what should we talk about? <laughs> <laughs> and I think as you, as you could tell by our previous segment, we're both really into film and, yeah. you know, television and things like that. And a lot of the same stuff and a lot of the different things we're into. So, mm -hmm. um, that's why we do movie night so well because yeah. we like the, <laughs> we we enjoy our our free time spent watching TV with our loved ones. True, so that's yeah. that's our exercise. We exercise our eyeballs mm -hmm. and our brains. Yeah. So and you know, 
it make I did forget JFK. I love mm-hmm. that movie, even though it's an all and I say that with an asterisk, <laughs> even though it's an Oliver Stone film. Yeah. I put that asterisk on the doors <laughs> as well. So but you know there is a caveat there. There is a caveat. <laughs> yeah. Um one of my favorite new films slash series slash documentaries, if you want to call it, is the new Beatles Let It Be documentary on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, I've been told I need to watch it. Um, it's eight hours long of, you know, mm-hmm. what was previously known as the time they were breaking up and really mm-hmm. at each other's throats. And finally, you know, they put together this eight-hour documentary about it, and it really shows that it wasn't quite like that. They were mm-hmm. still quite tight-knitted, and mm-hmm. it shows the process of making an album for a band, you know. Yeah. I'll be at the world's, in my opinion, greatest band, and mm-hmm. I think that's backed by sales as well. But, yeah. You know, anybody that wants to... Um, refute that you're gonna have to bring some evidence yeah or an <laughs> argument because even if you bring valid yeah. evidence that because you, you can't say just that it's not your favorite band because there's eight billion other people in this planet besides you exactly yeah and so i mean for me i can't say that the beatles is not the greatest band of all time even though i'm not a huge beatles fan i gotta say They've got good music. Well, and you're going to get more used to them because mm-hmm. after we're done recording, I'm going to play you some more. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we can't let this sound system go to you. Uh, no yeah, use. That's right. It has to go to good use. And mm-hmm. I've got a whole cabinet full of yeah. LPs and CDs mm-hmm. and what you call it and the sound system. So we yeah. might as well listen to them. One of these days we should have a uh, like a contest or a raffle or drawing or something where people can like you know, submit their names and uh, we draw someone out of the hat and then we have them come over and then Justin can play some Beatles albums for him. Cause that's uh, something that I gotta say, that's one of my favorite things that I've had uh, in the last year, that, that experience of listening to uh, Beatles music in either CD or LP record format in mono and stereo and beyond that, having Justin, this wealth of knowledge, uh, just divulge all of this information to me. So are you saying we're flying someone out? Because I don't know. Someday. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that goes hand in hand with the new sponsor, folks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, But I think tonight. It'll probably be my wife that wins. <laughs> that'll be a little easier on the travel. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But one of these, one of these days, we are going to have Mrs. Tyler come on and. Uh, she's going to refute everything that I've ever said. Well, the only thing I could say about that is at one point we made a pact that there would be no wives. That's true. And that isn't because we don't love them, because we do, mm-hmm. and there certainly are better halves. Yeah. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it, we make ourselves look really silly. Yes, we do. And our wives will enhance that silliness, not yeah. to themselves, <laughs> will enhance how silly we yeah. look. Mm-hmm. because yeah. yeah it might be an argument so i, yeah. I don't know we're well, gonna have to decide exactly wife i don't need your help to make me look stupid but if you do get her help you will oh, certainly look much stupid, more stupid yeah. than you do true yeah but you don't really we're on a podcast so we don't really look stupid yeah just it's more sound and you know yeah. people tune in for the the rich dark chocolate of my voice well, anyways, after we go off the air tonight, I'm going to introduce you to the White Album. I'm looking forward to or that. Or better better known as just self-titled Beatles album. Yeah. You know, their third to last album released, mm-hmm. a double album with 
a simple white cover mm -hmm. with uh, the first however many hundreds of thousands had the number printed right on the front in mm -hmm. gray of what, you know, well, actually sure. different colors. Some were gray, some were black, but it's an amazing album. See, this is what I'm talking about. Like you'll listen to the Beatles uh, albums with Justin and you're going to get all of this information. He's going to show you, Hey, this is, you know, number 57 album that was printed. And he's yep. got like the, the printing number on his uh, albums. Really I'm a cool. little bit of a, a completist when it comes to mm -hmm. music. Yeah. Uh, especially with my favorite bands, which obviously well, I'll say the who <laughs> the Beatles, the doors, mm -hmm. you know, not only do I have all of their albums, mm -hmm. I have all of their albums on CD. I have yeah. all of their albums on vinyl. I have their new vinyl. I have their mm -hmm. original vinyls. I have, you know, alternate takes like you were saying, mono and stereo. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I'm, it, you know, if, if these companies want to keep making money, they just release alternate, whatever they could put, yeah. you know, it's a tiny bit different album cover on it. Mm -hmm. And my idiot ass will buy it. Exactly. I mean, that's just the, the thing is they know their market, their market's Justin and they know that all they have to do is release something and Justin will buy it. But is it really any different than having a favorite modern band? Cause if no. you have a favorite modern band, they release new album, oh, you buy well, it, right? You know, modern band, Taylor Swift. Did you hear about that whole debacle? I mean, that's a little current event, but still. I mean, yeah, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm kind of getting to be that old guy where uh -huh. I think, you know, this newfound bullshit music, you know, I understand everybody mm -hmm. has their thing and I understand yeah. the Beatles and the doors were once upon a time mm -hmm. that, yeah, right? you exactly. know, the parents were saying, Oh, good God, this new music isn't mm -hmm. holding up to Lawrence. Well, or yeah. whatever it may be, yeah. you know, and, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's me to the a certain extent. The Grand Old Opry is far better than anything you're getting on that MTV. Yeah, exactly. But I feel a little, <laughs> you know, justified in some of it because you look at where the Beatles and mm -hmm. even the Doors, particularly yeah. that nowadays, they've been, you know, members of the bands or mm -hmm. the music hasn't even been made the beatles haven't made music together since 1970 52 yeah. years ago and they're selling at a higher rate now than they ever were now can taylor swift do that i <laughs> will see in 50 years right well i, I mean always, everybody always says she writes all these songs about her breakups and boyfriends eventually she's going to turn old and haggard and not get any new boyfriends <laughs> and then what's she going to write about yeah because uh, i mean she's already written about the old ones exactly yeah so I, I don't know i i find myself in that and i hope i'm wrong to a certain generation but some of the music you can tell when it's mm -hmm. when it has no substance you yeah. know when you go back to the beatles and when they mm -hmm. first released rubber soul and especially revolver those albums were so far advanced mm -hmm. over what any group in the whole world was making yeah the sounds and the things they did i mean it, you listen to them now and they're good tunes and all that but you got to put yourself in that time and realize that it was so different mm -hmm. i mean nobody had recorded like that yeah. nobody released music that sounded like that you know you listen to rubber mm -hmm. soul and they've got a song that's a straight rock and roll song then they got another one that's a lot of experimentation then they've got another song that has symphony to it and mm -hmm. rock and roll groups didn't do that yeah. And the way they overdubbed tracks and, you know, recorded backwards guitars and backwards vocals and different things like that. It just, people didn't do that. It was a whole, they invented it. You know, they invented 
the recording studio as we know it. And of course, now you can do all this. We can do all this stuff on our little iPad, right? Sure. We were talking about that earlier, recording on GarageBand. We can make any music we want. Yeah, we can. But they were doing this with reel-to-reel tape and mm-hmm. doubling and just over. just the instruments they had, right? <laughs> yeah. Recording on two different reels and then recording those two reels to another one. You know, mm-hmm. when you only had a four-track recorder and now you can have a multi-hundreds hundreds of tracks oh, yeah. and mix them mm-hmm. and do anything you want with them. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what makes them so in- innovative and, and they're, I don't know, I could go on and on because I'm mm-hmm. a geek about it, right? Yeah. But, but what what do you see is like what's your music? We've talked about it before, but what do you mm-hmm. see as groundbreaking to you that just blows your mind? Um, I'll I'll tell you one thing is that disco is dead. Thankfully, um, yeah. yeah. In fact, the only disco I, I can say I <clears> like <throat> is maybe a couple of Bee Gees songs. Sure, you know? but um, yeah, it, it wasn't groundbreaking. It I mean it was popular at the time. But that's what it feels like uh, the the modern pop uh, sensations are, or uh, even more specifically, modern country music. But don't you think a lot of it, and this is where I find it when I compare it to some of these bands that were mm-hmm. playing their own instruments, writing their own music, writing their own lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, experimenting to extent. Yeah. Now any of these artists can go into a studio and they can they can bash these instruments out with computers. Sure they have someone doing the songwriting and then their big thing is to get a good hook on the song. So it's Mm kind of catchy or whatever and spend millions of dollars to get it played on the radio and get all the teenagers to buy it. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But does that have lasting effect? Exactly. It's more a flash in the pan as yeah, it's not something that's going to fuel that engine. Well, keep in mind, this is a couple middle-aged guys speaking about this and what do we know because maybe maybe one day taylor swift is spoken about as the best thing that music's ever invented Mm but i i'd almost be willing to place my money that's not going to happen because she's going to have to work a lot harder than she's currently at well yeah but there's nothing inventive about it right there's nothing there's nothing (laughs) groundbreaking there's nothing different it's pop music and so maybe maybe she can't even work hard enough to get there because I mean, that kind of groundbreaking innovation has to come from raw talent. Wouldn't you say, or a raw uh, skill set that comes innately. Yeah. But the question is, can it be, can it happen anymore? You know I mean? How, how, mm-hmm. how often can we break ground? You know, it's when we go back to talking about films and series and stuff mm-hmm. at a certain point, are they going to run out of ideas that are new because you're seeing it now? We're talking about MacGyver. They've remade MacGyver. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about Quantum Leap. They've remade Quantum Leap. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's like now we're to a point. ah, God, let's go back to these ones that were successful and just polish them. Yeah. You know, polish Mm -hmm. them up and re-release them. You know, the Wonder Years. Let's go make the Wonder Years again, but let's make it with a black family Mm -hmm. now. Sure. You know, just to give a different spin and be more politically correct. And to me, that's great, but they shouldn't have called it the Wonder Years. Mm Mm-hmm. And I've got nothing against her or whatever, but just release a new series. Yeah. Because when you say this is the Wonder Years, but now we're going to do it from a black family's point of yeah. view, you're comparing one to the other, which they shouldn't be compared, you know? No, it, it's very different experiences. Yeah, I would have loved yeah. to see it called something completely different mm-hmm. and put a little asterisk on there from the makers of the Wonder Years or yeah. the creators of the Wonder Years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know, the people that like the Wonder Years may like the way this style is put together, but yeah. it hasn't been super successful. Yeah, I mean, really, by comparison, they probably ought to call it the movement. <sighs> you know, they could call it anything they wanted, yeah. just not the Wonder Years. Because, I mean, that's what 
in the in the same time period, that's what was a, a big uh, matter of importance yeah. was the movement. Yeah, yeah, and and I think it's good to get those stories out. But when I look at music nowadays, even some of the mm-hmm. rock music that I like that's coming out, you know. Yeah. Because and, and rock is on the underground right now, mm-hmm. without a doubt. You know, yeah. during the eighties when you had all the hair bands and things mm-hmm. going on, rock was mainstream. You yeah, know? and rock I think is every bit as popular now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're still selling out everything they you know every concert mm-hmm. they do. They're still selling their albums at record sales, but it's yeah. not in the forefront. When you watch the MTV Music Awards, mm-hmm. the the greatest rock band of the year or whatever goes to like Taylor Swift or something like or, that. It's really or silly. a lot of times somebody I've never even heard. Exactly. Of. It's not rock bands. Cause and, I'm middle, I'm middle aged, you know? Yeah. But, but the rock band, there's just rock doesn't exist on the radio. No, it doesn't. It, well, I should say on oh, they, the main got, what classic rock. Stations? Yeah, well, they've got all the rock stations, yeah. even the new rock on you know all your Sirius XM stuff. Mm-hmm. But I, I guess what I'm saying, as far as mainstream, you know, yeah, you go back to the 80s and 90s and your Bon Jovi's and your Poisons and you know Guns mm-hmm. N' Roses, those they were on the mainstream charts. Yeah, you know, they were. And now rock songs just don't break the mainstream charts. You know, so it's kind of sad that it's that way, but I I do see a time coming where these bands that can play their own guitars, play their own drums, play, you know, play everything and sing and write their own music, Mm -hmm. making a comeback because that gets to what you're talking about. It's talent. Yeah. It's what comes from within, not something that you can work hard and achieve. And, you know, Taylor Swift's going to be fine. I don't really worry about her. She's worth infinitely more than I will ever be worth. So congratulations, Taylor, you win. You know, well, you do. Jim Morrison Tyler bows out. <laughs> Jim Morrison once was interviewed, uh, I think in 1970, and he he said he envisioned the future of being not so much band related, but being someone sitting there making music with a computer. Mm-hmm. And he pretty much spot on on that. Yeah. Because everything, you know, voices, are, you don't even know how many of these people can sing with yeah. auto-tune and all this other well, stuff involved and, and in it. there's so many, like, there's games and stuff that, the, that they have out there where you go and uh, make, like, yeah, you make tracks, like, yeah. with different stuff. I, I see my wife play with it on the on her phone from time to time. That's how much of a grandpa I am. Is like, I'm not even doing this myself. I'm watching other people do it. But doesn't it really just come down to what music, how it feels in your soul and how it makes you feel? Mm -hmm. And And being able to, there's a skill of being able to translate that into an instrument, into a sound, into your voice, into, uh, into a record. And, you know, that ability to translate that is what you need. Well, there's something raw and, you know, we can go and make anything we want, you know, digitally, right? And I I assume they could create artists right out of the studio without actually having people involved. Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? Actual people and then put anybody up there and Millie Vanilli all the way through it, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But there's something raw and emotional about people not only playing their own instruments live and singing live, but knowing they're the ones that structured this music and, you know, sat in their garage and, and build it mm-hmm. from, yeah. I mean, it's a business, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They built their own music business, creating everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. And 
I, I don't know. There's just something about it, you know, yeah. that this. Well, people, people being able to create their own sound because, I mean, there there's several bands out there where you know what they sound like. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I got to say about the Beatles is for as much as I know what the Beatles sound like, um, they have a wide variety of sounds. And I think you're understating it greatly. I think that's their greatest uh, achievement. You know, the first couple albums, they were just kind of straight poppy rock R&B, right? But sure. once they started getting in the studio and doing different things, there's some of their albums that nothing sounds the same. Yeah, Some of it's rockish, some of it's popish, some of mm-hmm. it's just piano music with symphony and it. it's so far across the board. Mm-hmm. It's music I generally wouldn't like. Yeah. But it I I don't know what it is for mm-hmm. me, but I mean without a doubt, not a shadow of a doubt, if mm-hmm. I had to get rid of all music yeah. but one artist, I I would keep the Beatles. Mm-hmm, for what, sure. What would you keep? Michael Bublé. Okay, get the hell out of my house. <laughs> okay, I mean full disrespect to Michael Bublé. Um, the, the guy. You, you mean full disrespect? I mean full disrespect okay, to Michael Bublé. Mr. Bubbles. I um, guess you can stay. You've ruined my Christmas how many years in a row. I don't know who on our local station that is jockeying is so infatuated with that lounge singer. Uh, man, I mean... He started off as just like this uh, kind of broody pop singer that turned into a, a crooning lounge singer, and it's uh, so obnoxious. Well, you've already given him way too much, way time. too much credit, and so, too much time. Yeah, I was going to ask you a question. What are your <laughs> What are your thoughts on Christmas music? Like, and love and it. well, I know you love it, mm-hmm. but when is right and when is wrong for it to be played? Okay, I I think it's appropriate the day after. Uh, Halloween, so November first through the end of the year. Are you crazy? Yeah, that that's way too much for me. Okay, are are you thinking day after Thanksgiving? No, I'm thinking December first. December first. So okay. I'm not. I'm not a person. I love Christmas. December, uh, so December first to the thirty first, you're good. Yeah. Or just December first to the twenty. Yeah, I mean, once <laughs> for me, when Christmas is over, Christmas is over. Mm-hmm. And as much as I, I do love Christmas, I do love yeah. Christmas spirit. And I'll tell you why I don't like having that stuff early, because I think it dilutes the Christmas spirit yeah. a little bit. True. I, I think you know. I know you guys are all for your decorations no, I, early. I, and... I can, I can hear what you're saying though, because I mean, you get so um, what saturated with it mm-hmm. that it kind of loses its flavor. Well, I'm the same way with yeah. the Beatles and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll listen to their early stuff for a while, and then I, yeah. I kind of purposely try not to listen to it, mm-hmm. so it seems kind of new to me again. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and so it's the same thing with Christmas to me. It, to me, Halloween, if you want to celebrate Halloween, mm-hmm. October 1st, October 31st. But okay. when it's done, it's done. Sure. You know, November is fall. You know, you don't really celebrate mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, you decorate for fall and things mm-hmm. like that. To me, Christmas yeah. decorations, and I know you guys do them early, and my mm-hmm. wife is upstairs right now doing them right now. I'm so proud of her. But I'm a December 1st to December 25th. Mm-hmm. And I love Christmas. I love the decorations. I love the music. Yeah. Sort of, depending on what you talk. You know, I'm not really into the Whitney Houston, Mariah Carey. I am mm-hmm. definitely an old standard. I like yeah, Nat the classic Cole. Christmas. Yeah, yeah, Bing Crosby, Bing Crosby, Nat King Cole. Yeah, even yeah. even uh, Frank Sinatra True. a little bit. You know, I can yeah. listen to that stuff. I love jazz music. Mm-hmm. 
um jazz music for some reason to me seems christmasy yeah. i don't know why but it, no it's classy but yeah. you're right nat king cole and bing yeah. crosby i mean bing crosby right number one yeah of all time mm-hmm. I, in my opinion okay of christmas music sure and so when i hear that put to the jackson five or mariah mm-hmm. carey it kind of irritates me yeah you know i just I'm a big fan of Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I've, I can I've told you this before. I can yeah. do that. I can definitely do that. That yeah. is a diff. That's a different thing altogether, yeah. and it, it's amazing. And it's yeah. it's it's Christmas music, but it's actually you could listen to that it's, music and, anytime. And I do. Like I listen to Trans-Siberian Orchestra year round when I'm like mowing my lawn or something, you know, because like I can't listen to a lot of music that has uh, vocals. Because then, like, they're, the sounds that they're making with their voices get stuck in my head, mm-hmm. if that makes voice, sense. Yeah. And then, like, a, a lot of times they'll get repetitive. Um, let me see. A good example is Paul McCartney's Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Or I'll tell you the worst one that I hated was Elvis Presley's Blue. I'll Have a Blue Christmas Without You. Yeah, but those are those yeah. are commercial successes, you know. Exactly. I mean, you know, I mean, it's commercial like Paul, successes, but I can't listen to it because all I can hear for the next six weeks is going to be yeah. Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time. Yeah, I mean, John Lennon's The Lights Are On. <laughs> yeah, the gig is up. <laughs> the cops and are here. Paul McCartney <laughs> actually famously said it took him like two minutes to write the song mm-hmm. because they wanted a Christmas song <laughs> from him, and so he wrote one. And look how successful they still play it. <laughs> okay, now when I pull the question out of my butt, <laughs> you know, I get a pretty good banter with Justin about what moot where is that my moves. That's the difference between Ty and uh paul mccartney paul mccartney pulls a song out of his butt <laughs> that that is i'm, I'm sure is re- yeah his residuals on it because christmas time yeah. we hear it over and oh, over yeah. and over and john lennon has his happy christmas yeah his happy christmas you know and, war is over but, you know i don't hear that one nearly as often see funny I enough say. i hear it more you you, you hear it more. yeah mm-hmm. but and I'll be honest with you, like, you know, huge Beatles fan, huge Paul McCartney, mm-hmm. John Lennon fan. I hate both songs. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I hate both songs. Fair enough. And if I do, can't, if I can tell you, mm-hmm. even though you haven't asked what Beatles song is yeah. my very least favorite, okay. it is on the album we're going to listen to tonight, which is the White Album, and it's Obla Di Obla Da. Oh. That song can shove straight up somebody's ass because you know, that, I hate that song. That's one of the funny things about the Beatles to me is that I hear songs that I've heard before and that I know, and then I realize, oh, wait, that's a Beatles song, isn't it? And that Obla Di Obla Da is one of those. And yeah. so I, I would have to agree with you. That's a terrible song. I hate the song. I hated that show Life Goes On with uh-huh. Corky in it, mm-hmm. that it was the theme song. I just... Yeah. I. I don't know what it is. I love Paul McCartney, but God damn you, Paul McCartney, yeah. for that and the Christmas time. Bastard. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles have a really famous, un- infamous, mm-hmm. no, wait, non-famous. Yeah. I, I don't even know how to say it. They have a Christmas song that the, the first few years they were out, they had a mm-hmm. fan club that you could s- send into. Oh, really? And they'd send everyone in the fan club a Christmas record every year. Really? Which I guess right now, if you find some of those originals, they are worth big Oh, money. I'm sure they are. But they've got a couple Christmas songs that I'll, I'll have to play for you. That are unknown Christmas songs? Uh, they're very well known in the Beatles arena. But oh. 
radio play doesn't happen with them. And I don't know if that has to do with licensing or, or what it has Could to do be. with, but yeah, that interesting. Yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to hear these. Yeah. They're kind of, there's two that are pretty popular. Okay. Some of their Christmas records didn't involve music or it involved kind of banter and okay. talking. So, so we would know these two. What, what are the two? Well, I'll, I'll play them for you later. But, who, but our listeners not going to, I mean, my wife needs to know. Uh, I'll, I'll get with her. And okay. Fine. Yeah. Uh, our I, one listener out there. Thank you. I'll send her a digital wife. copy. Yeah. Of both. And maybe she'll enjoy them. Maybe she won't. I don't know. Okay. I don't enjoy them. Because I'll tell you, you know, um, if you want to find out, you're probably going to have to join our fan club. Uh, send us an email to aboutwhatpod at gmail.com. And after Justin plays these songs for me, I will reply to your email and I'll tell you what the songs were. Okay. So yeah. if you care that much, if this is, if you're like my wife and this is really going to gall at you until you know, just send me an email and I will reply. I'll let you know. It's not a big secret. To me. Maybe we can get away with play, playing them on the air. Maybe. Someday. We'll have to see if they're on Spotify. Okay. If they are, then our Spotify listeners can hear them at the end. That's right. But otherwise, we can't release that <laughs> music on any other platform. Yeah. So try Spotify if you want yeah. to hear it. Maybe I'm holding our, our uh, listeners hostage with that. Like, no, I don't think so. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our listeners, uh, we... We, we have been getting quite a few mm -hmm. emails about what they want mm -hmm. to hear us review. And one that we showed interest in, mainly me, because <laughs> I'm a Beatles yeah. freak, mm -hmm. is uh, the Beatles movies, A Hard yeah. Day's Night, Help, and Magical Mystery Tour. Okay. The three movies they yeah. filmed while they were a band. And yeah, A Hard Day's Night, where um, I can't remember the, the name of the person that requested it, but... Uh, I apologize. I don't remember who you are, but it is coming. That that one we're gonna. I'm going to watch it. I've never seen it, and we're going to review it. Jim from New Haven, Connecticut. Thanks. And you know, if I if I would just pull my phone out and open up about what pod at gmail .com, I could see these emails. He requested. Thanks, Jim. The funny thing about Jim <laughs> is he requested Hard Day's Night help. And Magical yeah. Mystery Tour. He was the one that requested all three. Uh, uh, apparently, he's listened to me before and knows. I that. guess so. So, Hard Day's Night being their first film, we're going to watch that first and uh, hopefully review that either next episode, one of the next yeah. coming episodes. Exactly. It's, it's going to be in the next week or two. Yeah. So, we will do very severe injustice to that film. Yeah. And, and Well, thank you very much for remembering the guy's name. Well, I didn't remember it. I looked it up on my phone. I know. Well, oh. thanks for putting in the effort, Justin, because obviously that's more than I was willing to do. <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, once again, you can reach us with any suggestions, tips, questions, mm -hmm. anything you would like yeah. at aboutwhatpod at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. You can find us at aboutwhatpod on Instagram. Uh, we soon will have some news coming out on some other platforms we're going to be released on. So we appreciate everyone yep. however, listening to us and giving us your support. However you uh, celebrate your holidays, um, we just wish you the best and happiest holidays ever. Yes. And you have a good one. And Ty and I are going on to listen to the White Album. All right.